In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. This thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. The best marketers sell with story, and the best storyteller wins the customer, and the best stories are your customer stories. I'm going to give you the planner to create the perfect video case story for your business, just like we've done with all of our clients here at Authentic Web. Just go to eingarlic.com slash plan or click on the podcast image to get to the show notes and there'll be a link. There you can download the perfect video case study planner, the same one we use at Authentic Web to create incredible dynamic video case stories and video case story interviews. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Our guest today is a veteran marketer, owns a marketing agency, as well as has created a best-selling book, uh, Don't Buy a Duck. Derek Champagne, thank you very much for being on the show. Um, thank you so much for having me as a guest. I love your show, and I know your audience is in good hands with the type of talent and quality that you bring to the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Compliments will get you everywhere. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, Derek, you, you tell me a little bit about your business. You own an agency. Tell me about who you serve with that. Absolutely. Yeah, you've you've caught us at an interesting time, and I'm happy to be vulnerable and share about it. We we have an agency. We've been around for 10 years, which, as you know, is is actually a big deal to make it that long in any business, but also in the agency world. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we first launched, we launched in 2007, and uh, we're in Northwest Arkansas. We work with clients around the country, but. Uh, we're based here in Walmart headquarters. Northwest Arkansas is where Walmart and Sam's is headquartered. There's a lot of marketing competition. And the year after we launched, uh, Walmart laid off, I think, 400 marketing professionals. And so right as an Whoa. upstart company, we suddenly had a saturated little market here in the Ozark Mountains with lots of consultants. So we weathered the storm. It was a great way for us to prove that we understood how to have a how to really develop your unique selling proposition and stand out and, and provide value. So that was a great test for us. And while others disappeared, we stayed and grew. So we have been helping, and, and I'll tell you what we've learned in the last, last couple of years that we're pivoting right now is we have been an agency that's been an all just a, a full service agency and we've worked with clients all the way from clients like Domino's Pizza to to startups to household brands uh, in 18 states and what we've done in the last 6 months is really focus in on what we do best and what we really really do well that our competition does not easily comp to uh, duplicate is we build these amazing strategic marketing playbooks it's a marketing plan, and the way we do it is really high level. It's a, it's a roadmap that gives several years. It's a step-by-step guide. So we build these plans, and then we help with the three-phase implementation process that lasts for nine months. So that's what we focus on. Uh, a lot of our sector is in healthcare and in the financial space. And so that's what we love to do, build the plans and then help with the implementation. We see a lot of great ideas that don't get carried through to execution. So we stay alongside our clients to make sure that they can get the execution part as well. 
So do you work with their interior marketing teams? Is that how you work? Absolutely. And we love, so again, we've worked with, with, with many startups, but we do enjoy with this new target working with their existing team. They understand the value, uh, they're, they need some more creative support. They, uh, a lot of times a marketing person in a department, it means so many things, right? They're wearing so many hats and they, and they're stretched so thin with what they're trying to do. So we come in and are their support and our job is for them to be the hero. They're the Batman, we're the Robin, we're the support, and for us to make them look good. And when we do that, then we are a marketing person, a marketing CMO or a marketing director's BFF. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what do you find is the, you know, the, the big problems that CMOs have? Because I, I can imagine that um, it's hard for them to admit that they need someone like you. <laughs> well, yes, it, it, we definitely have to approach it delicately, right? And that's our whole approach. In my book, Don't Buy a Duck, you, if anyone has seen it or if you look at it, you'll see my approach is very conversational. We are an ally. We are, again, I've worked in the big agency world, and we have we even started our agency to be the anti-agency <laughs> so that we would provide a different type of support. Uh, we they, they have challenges with, uh, with their existing team. They have challenges with uh, spending in the right places. When we come alongside them, it almost takes some of the pressure off of them on where they're placing their budget and how they're planning because they're bringing this third party in to help them. So we work as a team on it. And that's sometimes is a breath of fresh air and relief for the, the client that we're working with. I can imagine. That's all. So that's fantastic. Um, tell me a little bit about the book, Don't Buy a Duck. When did you Absolutely. write it? How, what's it about? Sure. Put it out in, it's been a year and a half and I was, I was doing these lectures. So I've, in the past decade, I've had the opportunity to review over a thousand brands and see what's working, what's not. Again, we, and you're in a similar type situation where we get to see these clients on a day-to-day basis and, and with our sleeves rolled up, really work on real campaigns, right? So we kind of get to see what's working, what's not. We have other people's budgets. We, we get to have, we get to sit in the boardroom to hear the internal struggles. We get to see the celebrations of success. And that gives us a really unique position to see a great test of some commonalities. And so I I started doing the lecture circuit where I would teach these half-day and full-day marketing lectures. I ended up having this 40 pages of notes. And it's not that it's never been said or done the way I've said it or done it, uh, but it was my unique perspective on it. And it's a very practical way of saying, hey, look, marketing doesn't have to be intimidating. Even even marketing managers are overwhelmed sometimes. I, I see so many people with the title marketing director or manager, and they're overwhelmed, even by the words. And so we wanted to take a step back and say, Let's let's make this a practical application to where we're all on the same page. We really understand how to be a smart marketer. It's not that difficult. Now, there's a lot of choices out there, and there's a lot of things happening, and you've got to stay abreast of them. But with this approach that we write in the book, it makes it easier. So that was the point of this book was to be a roadmap. It's 117 pages, and it really talks about things like how to set a budget and how to, how to be more clear with building your brand and how to understand your competition, some ways of doing research so that you can stay, stand out, cut uh, through the clutter and say top of mind, tip of tongue, how to build a marketing plan. And I even have a, a chapter in the book that's called The Yellow Pages Are Dead and other lies businesses tell themselves. And it's kind of tongue-in-cheek because I do believe the yellow pages are pretty are, are pretty stagnant. But the whole point of it is the mindset saying before you throw something out, before you just say that doesn't work, you know, my experience as an auditor to come in as a marketing auditor and say, let's what what have you been doing? What results did you get? And why? And how long? And what message did you use? And what platforms were you using? And who were you talking to? So we're used to looking at the full picture. So my challenge is to say, hey, let's look at it from a holistic point of view and really understand your marketing and your advertising uh, on a big, on a on a two thousand foot level, looking down to see 
how you better position things to get results. And that's the point of the whole book. And it's written from my experience. It's called Don't Buy a Duck. And if, you, if I can quickly tell you why we called it that. Yeah, of course. Please do. Awesome. So, so when, when I was when I was eight years old, I remember it was one of my first experiences, but my mom had one of these vehicles. She always did. Every vehicle had the same feature, and that was that when you would drive by a yard sale, it would automatically park and eject us into the yard sale. So we were at a lot of yard sales as kids. So I remember going to one at eight years old with my brother, and we walked around the corner at this yard sale, and there was a real duck. There was a duck sitting there with a it's a little string tied to its web foot, and the stars aligned for me that day, and I said, Mom, i got to have this. And I talked my brother into giving me $5, and, and I had $5, and uh, my mom said, are you sure you want to do that? And she knew something I didn't, apparently. And I said, i got to have this duck. It's, it's, it's what makes sense. So we bought it. We put it in the car in a little cardboard box, and so we're driving away in this little little Oldsmobile station wagon with a wood panel signing, uh, early 80s. And uh, about that time, you know that feeling you get, that buyer's remorse, <laughs> when sometimes this, the buying it was more fun than actually having and using the product course, <laughs> or the <yeah>. service? <laughs> well, that's the feeling I had for the first time. I remember it to this day. It's why I wrote a book about it. And, and uh, I had that feeling, and right about that time, we named them Quackers, and he went flying out of the car and flying around like an albatross. It felt like an albatross to me as a little kid and just went nuts in the car. We were able to get him out of the car to the neighbor's pond and he, where he lived out his days happily. But that was a big lesson for me, my first lesson of buyer's remorse of not buying a duck. So when I talk to my clients, we say, don't get stuck with a duck. When every single day you get hit with all these opportunities, every time you log on to LinkedIn or Facebook or anywhere else, there's a new funnel and that, that's going to solve all your problems. There's just so many things in front of us. 20, 30 years ago, we had three marketing channels. Now we have over 70. So the whole premise is, let's take a minute. You're going to get hit with all these options. You're going to uh, see get shiny object syndrome. You're going to have buyer's remorse. Let's let's look at the whole big picture. So that's the premise of the book, and that's that's kind of the conversational way that we wrote it. Awesome. And so you know, I think that's a, a huge premise, and it's it's an important one because uh, you know it's you know you get the fear of missing out. You're like, oh, this is the, this new channel is going to solve my problems. How do you go about preventing? that and taking the wrong steps and actually taking the right steps and not freezing in your tracks as a business owner or a marketer. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a great question. Thanks for asking that. And we do, we see two kinds of, of people that are marketers. They either bury their head in the sand like an ostrich and just don't market. Right. And they just will, will cross their fingers or they uh, do this blindfold marketing where they're just trying whatever they can to see what, what sticks. And both of those are not the way to do it. So uh, here's, here's the, if I can share the five crisis points that we found when these are addressed correctly. And, and we've seen these from, from multi, several hundred million dollar brands to startups. And, and here's the five crisis points that we found that when they're done correctly, people can be smart marketers. And, and some of these, for your audience, it's going to be review and it's really simple. But I'm telling you, we've seen marketers miss this. So the first one is really simple. It's, it's who am I? Understanding, very simply, understanding what your unique value proposition, your unique selling proposition is going to be. What is it that makes you unique? What makes you different? How do you stand out from the competition? What is it that customers, what sticks with your brand that's unique to you? Who am I? And as part of that is understanding your competition. And a lot of times we'll hear clients or hear businesses say, well, I don't really have competition or you know, I'm not really sure who they are. Well, it's worth knowing who they are. And there's several reasons for that. 
we like to do the research and say, well, here's and look at all the top competition and say, well, here's what they're doing with their key messaging. Here's the kind of testimonials and reviews they're getting online. Here's the campaigns they're doing, their blogs, what kind of press releases and press positive or negative they have out there. Here's how active they are on social media. Here's if it's a brick and mortar or a regional campaign, what they're doing with billboards or TV or print or direct mail or niche magazines or what kind of SEO presence do they have and what's their community involvement? What kind of promotions are they doing? What's their communication strategy? And understanding those things, not so you can copy them, but so that you can have a voice that is unique and that stands out and cuts through the clutter. So understanding who you are and the second crisis point is understanding who they are, really understanding your target customer. Uh, We hear it often. I hear it so many times, understanding your avatar, understanding your target customer. We get that. But how well do you understand them? Can you have a relationship with a significant other when you don't know their birthday? (laughs) No. Can you take can you take them out to a really good meaningful dinner if you don't know what kind of food they like, right? You got to know them, and so we suggest the same type. It's not always that intimate, but knowing the age and the gender and the income and the ethnicity and the marital status and the religion and the education level and the stage of life and the hobbies and geographical relevancy and locations and patterns, their buying patterns, their political affiliations. Know those things about them. Build a relationship with them. So when you really clearly know who you are and what makes you different, you understand who your target customer is and what they like and how you can relate to them to be relevant and have a meaningful relationship. Those are the first two. The third one is having the right tools. And this one hits home for me because we're doing this kind of this rebrand right now with, as I mentioned, really focusing on our niche. And we have to deal with this this morning at our agency where I reminded them of this exact point. So see, it even happens with agencies (laughs) is what are the, what are the right tools? Are you using the right tools for your campaign? Again, this happened internally. We see we see great campaigns. We see great marketing plans built. And then the team was looking around and say, you know what? We already have those brochures. Or we don't, don't mess with the website. We don't have time to mess with that right now. Or, or whatever it is, they make minimal changes. So instead of making this amazing campaign and making the tools match the campaign, they dumb down the campaign to match the existing tools. Don't do that. Make sure you build your tools for So we had that this morning. And someone said, I think we have these things. I said, nope, we were just about to relaunch a new website. And I said, yes, that template's going to work. That We love the look and feel. But I want I want us to review this exercise first of, of how we're rebranding ourselves. And then we'll look at the tools and see if they're going to fit. And we'll bring them up to what we're doing, not down. We have to practice what we preach. And again, the reason I, I've emphasized these things is because when we go in and do an audit and we see a campaign stuck and they're spending real money and real time, and, and that's very finite and limited for many of us business owners, right? Many are solopreneurs. Many are responsible for the company's budget. We can't really afford to make very many mistakes. I understand that, listeners. I, I'm, I'm a small business owner myself, so I can relate to this. So knowing who you are, knowing who they are clearly, having the right tools, and then the number four is having a plan. I have a chapter in my book that says if marketing's not going according to plan, maybe it's because you don't have a plan. And it's not surprising anymore, but it was in my early days that how many businesses, <clears throat> even big growing companies, just don't have a real clear marketing plan. Yes. And how do you know where you're going to go? And it, the, folks, many of you have heard this so many times, but I've even heard people say, yeah, I know that, but then they don't go do it. You have to. You have to make a plan. How do you intentionally use resources, including your team and your time and your money and your referrals? And how can you do that when you don't have a plan? 
when you make a plan, you have a roadmap. What's cool about a plan is several things. One is you have a plan. You know where you're going. You know how to use your resources. Number two is it actually helps your customers, your target customers. You're able to help them refer. They they can join in on the direction you're going. That's how you get loyal brand ambassadors. It also helps your employees and your team to get behind you more because they know where you're going. So having a plan is key. Number five is consistent execution. That is where, you know, you can have all the great strategy in the world. You can have all the great creative in the world, but if it does not meet and marry with good implementation and then consistent execution, it all, the other part means nothing. Consistent execution, and I like to use a sports analogy, of making ongoing first downs. So you have a good plan. You've got the right tools. You know who you're talking to. You know what makes you different. And most most plays in football, the good ones, most plays in football, think of like Alabama football. Think of a, a college football team. It's not all these 90-yard runs or 90-yard throws, right? It's not all Hail Marys. A lot of it is first down at a time. First down, second down, third down, first down, first down, second down, first down. When your marketing is run the same way, when you're running your plan that way, you keep looking back behind you and you're farther down the field towards your objectives. You've got a plan, you've got a playbook, and you're calling the plays. That is when you get big traction. So those five crisis points, when addressed, we've seen it shave years of guesswork and frustration off of a business with their growth as it relates to their marketing. So uh, when you go to sit down and create this plan, how, what are the, the key ways to create this marketing plan? Is there a system? Do I take time? Do I hire someone? How do I, how do I go about making a marketing plan? That, that's a great question. It's a great question. And, and we spent years looking at the best way to build this. And, and you know, in our, we have a course that does that. But I, I want to tell you that to build a plan, it doesn't have to be over, overly complicated. We have this champagnemarketingcourses.com. I think it's got a 40-page template in there. It doesn't have to be that long. But it has to be good and executable. So if you're going to sit down and write a plan, see, here's the best part about writing a plan now. Someone will come to me and go, well, well, Facebook doesn't work. Well, okay, well, Facebook ads don't work? Yeah, Facebook ads don't work. Okay, who are you, who are you talking to? <laughs> what are you saying to them, right? So you have to know a lot of things first. So we, who are you? And, and so, you know, if someone came to me and said, well, I have this product and it's a, it's a nice feel-good product and it's to females that are 60 years old. And it, I'm like, wait a minute, that's where, fa- that's where your target lives. And so then it becomes more appropriate. So when you're writing your plan, you're looking, here's how we like to start a plan. I like to start it messy. I like to say, here's the five to 10 plus ways that I could take my product and service and get it in front of my, my target customer. And I call those bridges. So if you look in your left hand is your product and your right hand is, is your customer, I say, what are all the bridges we could build? Not that we need, but what are all the bridges we could be, to make to build, uh, remove a gap and have them do business with us? And then you pick the, the top two or three or four that are going to be a good fit. Because we like to do what we call the integrated marketing campaign. So you're going to pick multiple strategies so that you're in front of them ongoing. Here's a three different buckets that I like to think of for a marketing plan. And this is our encourage, this is one of the easiest ways I can encourage you to have a, a great brand growth and get traction. I look at three different categories for a marketing plan. On the left-hand side, picture a bucket that is your all about driving customers. <clears throat> every goal there is customer acquisition. So every single thing you put in that bucket, every single thing you write down under that outline is to, is to drive traffic that will convert. Does that make sense? Yep. So here's the three or four things we're doing to drive traffic to our target and get them to buy from us as intentionally and quickly as we can. Customer acquisition. The middle category with equal weight on it is our internal marketing. And in that one, we're saying, what are we doing to retain our current customers and to provide them with all the value that we can? That includes 
cross-pollination. We've walked in and helped and done audits on clients where they might have had four or five services, and they were very successful companies, and their customers didn't know the other services they offered. They could have walked down the hall and gotten other services from this existing company and didn't even know about it. So they would go outside and pick other companies to do that service. That's unconscionable. They should have known that they also offer these other four or five services and why it mattered to them. So that's internally when you start writing things like, okay, well, how do I need to tell my existing customers? Is it with a, with, with a newsletter? Is it with a private Facebook group? And you say, here's how I can best communicate with them. Communicate with them, provide value to them, and that's where you can empower referrals. So you've got your external for traffic driving, your internal for retaining and building relationships. And on the far right-hand side, I've got a bucket that we're going to call Blue Skies. In that blue skies bucket is all about us staying top of mind in our communities. And that's where we're putting our press releases. That's where we're putting our nonprofit and community involvement. That's where we're showing up in our target customers' worlds in a way that's not just about selling them something. When those three are done together, there's a really powerful, sustainable, and building growth potential for a brand to really get traction and own market share. So... um when you get started, do you start with, I mean, everyone wants to start with customer acquisition, but is that always the place you need to be starting? It depends on the size of your company. So if you're, if you're a brand new company and you don't have any customers, yes, you've got to go out and get a customer. It's all about new customer acquisition. You bet. It doesn't mean that simultaneously you can't do the others, but if you're a growing company, you've had some challenges with turnover, man, put, move that focus to that inner bucket really as quickly as you can. Here, here's the caution. Internal marketing gets overlooked a lot of times, and I have a chapter six in my book is it's what's on the inside that counts, and it's all about nurturing customer relationships, because some industries, some businesses have a finite number of target customers you can even outreach to. That's your reputation, and so you want to make sure that you don't burn through. It takes a lot more work to bring a new customer in than to take care of an existing one and and upsell and get a referral from an existing customer. So you want to put your focus there too. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. And I, I think a lot of people fail at a, a lot of this stuff, um, especially moving yeah. from customer acquisition to existing customer and onboarding right. properly. Right. Uh, so when it comes to your how you're getting business now for you, what are you finding You know, for your agency, for your clientele? Are you focused on internal marketing? Are you focused on new customer acquisition? And what's working, now, what's working right now for, for your agency? Oh. Man, thank you for asking that. That's I get really excited. I don't get to answer that one very much, so I appreciate that. Um, so a couple things. Uh, we are doing. We practice what we preach, so we are doing a combination of all three buckets. So uh, we are staying actively involved. And in, so let me start with the right bucket because that one's fun for me too. Where we're involved in PR and nonprofits. So we're inv- involved in a whole big project with the American Diabetes Association right now. We have. We're in all these different magazines supporting it and, and dressing up in tuxedos and doing this fun stuff. And we had a chili cook-off at our agency two weeks ago. All proceeds went to uh, to the American Diabetes Association in our state. So imagine doing that but we because we have two brick-and-mortar locations three hours apart from each other. And so we're also bringing in our community members. So we're bringing heads of the community in to judge the chili cook-offs. We're bringing heads of the community in to uh, submit for it. We're giving awards out for best attendance and all that money's going out. So you can see just that blue Sky's value alone really raises our profile. And we're consistently doing things like that that aren't all about us, but are really deep in our community. So that's one specific thing we're doing. Another thing we do is is a podcast. We really pr- we really practice the content marketing ecosystem. And so we'll take a piece of content 
and will as a thought leader and we'll have it repurposed several ways. So I mean, you're a mass strategist. You've got this amazing podcast. We have a podcast as well that's also an Alexa daily briefing where thousands of people every morning, every single morning, make us part of their day. And it's all about business leadership and inspiration. And so, and then it does trickle back towards our agency, but the, really the focus is on providing value first. And so we'll take that. And that also is, is a, our YouTube videos. And that's also, we have a radio show, uh, a, a radio show on ESPN here in our community. And uh, it's on every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. And it is a, a thought leadership piece where we just interview business leaders and to help them become better marketers and help them become better leaders in their community. So those are things we do all that are a mixture of the blue sky and the other category. And then for us, one of the best drivers, customer acquisition drivers we have is uh, one is podcasts being a guest on podcasts. Another one is LinkedIn. For the last two years, 60% of all of our agency business, and these are sizable retainers, have come from cold contact emails on LinkedIn, cold contact messages. And we've never, ever once, and and this is, I want to make, this is really important because we have someone in our mastermind group recently who said, I keep getting told that I'm a spammer. And I said, I, we have, we, we have a whole sales team here at our agency and every single one of them sends out 50 messages a week for two years. Think of that. That's a lot of, that's a lot. And we've, we've never once ever, ever had someone come back to us and said, this is inappropriate or this is spam. They either say the timing's not right or they say, great, can we have a quick meeting? And I'll, I'll attribute that to a couple of things. And, uh, and I have a free offer for, our, for your listeners, if that's okay, a little bit later on. And in that, I'll show you the exact messaging and the exact video that we use. And, and that's part of a free five-part video series that my wife and I put together. She's a, a master marketer, too. And, uh, and, and that'll show you what we do to get results. And LinkedIn's been so powerful. So LinkedIn, one of the top, top, top platforms for us. Other than that, we do some other strategies as well as uh, speaking at conferences and having booths at conferences. And uh, we do strategic uh, email blasts and, uh, um, and, uh, and mail outs as well. Fantastic. Uh, I'm interested to see your LinkedIn strategy. That's fantastic. I mean, those are great results. And, and Ion, it's really simple, and, and that's the things. It's simple, and and it's and it's that's, it's important to understand. We talked about earlier understanding who your, who your target is, right, and understanding your unique selling proposition. And when you marry those two together the right way, somebody can't come back and tell me LinkedIn messaging doesn't work because I hate spam. I hate that salesy approach. So when it's done right, it works though. Oh, awesome, awesome. And and you and you said uh, we'll get access to that. How do how does yeah? I'd love to share that. Sure. So actually, if you go if you go to champagnemarketingcourses.com forward slash garlic, and it's, there's no spam. We don't do that. It's you, you just you put your email in, and it'll send you five different emails from my wife and I uh, that are are instantly ways to instantly increase your conversion with target customers is what we have it called, and it's a five part series. And one of those is the LinkedIn strategies that I'm talking about. That's super valuable. Thank you very much. That's again champagnemarketingcourses.com slash garlic. Um, and you sh- if you're listening to this, you can click on the show notes and we'll have that link in there. Um, awesome. Awesome. Der- Derek, I mean, this is fantastic information for making that marketing plan. And it's, and even though it's not the beginning of the year, it's never too late to really start, get started on a marketing plan. Right. Absolutely. And Ed, I get so excited about this because to see results, it's really why I'm in the business that I'm in. And, and many of your listeners can relate to the fields they're in. And I, I love seeing results. And we have something here. It's simple. It takes work. Anything worth doing takes work. But when you have a good plan, when you start a plan, start it now. 
and, and start. We, we follow the twelve week year. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I love that book, and and we follow the twelve week year in our agency. It's been life changing. We even build it into our plans, and you start your twelve week year next week. Take the rest of this week to write out and jot out those three buckets, those three categories I talked about, and start your plan. Start it next week, and you will week over week consistently. If you're consistent, you'll look back and you'll see progress. You will achieve your results that way. I love it. So, um, where? So, tell me a little bit about ChampagneMarketingCourses.com because we we're talking about before the show. It sounds really interesting, and and, and who's it for, and what do they want, what should they be doing with it? Thank you. Yes. And so, so this is a, this is a do it yourself course. And the reason we did it is we have this book and the book's done well and we've, we got traction in, in our, and then we have our agency. So picture the gap in between. And it's, and, and this is important too, is it's not, it's not a business's job. It's not a brand's job to take care of everybody. Right. So it doesn't mean that we had to fill in that gap, but we realized we were getting a lot of inquiries about, about marketing assistance, but not a budget to hire an agency. And so for that reason, we set out and we said, you know what, we've got all of this information. We Let's build a course. And, and my wife, who again is a master marketer, a master researcher, a master at it. Uh, and and, and we, we build these amazing campaigns for, for startups, again, to big brands. And so we said, let's put together this course. So my wife and I put together, it's a 40-part video series. And we start at the very beginning, the very beginning. And we start by teaching you how to even pick your marketing team, whether you're a solopreneur or you're a marketing director or CMO. We say, here's the people you must have on your team in this century in order to have a good marketing campaign. And, and we, so we, we pick that first. And then we go in and we say, well, great. now." And so there's, again, 40 videos. And it goes through all the way how to use LinkedIn, how to do a podcast if you want. It talks about how to do your research on your competition, how to develop the who am I part of what we talked about, how to identify the who are they, getting your target customers and how to write messaging that's relevant to them, picking the right tools, writing a plan. And then so there's 40 videos, 20 worksheets, and then, again, a 40-page marketing template. And we the, the, this marketing template, template, if we could have bought this from somebody else years ago, we would have. There wasn't one out there that we liked. And so and so keep in mind we're charging ten thousand plus to build out a marketing plan for uh, for our clients. And it's well worth it. We put a lot of work into it. But we're able to sell this entire course for less than three hundred dollars. Wow. With that plan, with that template, full disclosure, in there, in there. Should, did my sales team hate me for it? Yes. They said don't put that in there. I said, no, we're putting that in there. That's that's the that's the grand finale. And so, and then we also make ourselves available through email. So my wife and I are available to come in and answer questions as someone's going through the course and help them and guide them in the right direction without them having to retain an agency service that can do this do-it-yourself approach. That's great. I mean, this is awesome, awesome stuff uh, and an interesting course. Um, if you were, you know, once someone gets their marketing plan done, um, you've got LinkedIn. What are you seeing work best for your clients right now? We have different types of clients in, in several different sectors, but we're seeing one of the best things. And I mentioned it earlier, but one of the—I'll tell you—like one of the newest fun things we're seeing that's really making a difference is really this content ecosystem, where they're where they're taking audio content and visual content, and are are doing a marrying with uh, with LinkedIn, uh, some of it with Instagram. So a big a big uh, mixture between social and uh, and content ecosystem is what we're seeing the best results right now. Awesome. Uh, fantastic. So, Derek, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been such great information. I, if someone wants to get a hold of you, is ChampagneMarketingCourses.com the best place to go? Where's the best place to get a hold of you? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'll share a couple other ways as well. Is, is One is I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, I do a, a LinkedIn video series each week where I give away a book. I buy the book and I give it away in my favorite books. And so sometimes I'll give away five or 10 books in a week. Sometimes I'll give away marketing courses. And so jump in on LinkedIn and join the conversation with me, Derek Champagne. Just look up that name. Champagne is spelled like the drink. And uh, Or you can reach me at Derek at theartistevolution.com. I love talking to listeners. I love talking to those that uh, wherever they are in their marketing journey. Some people I help and some people help me. And so we're kind of all in this together. And I really believe in a collaborative approach. Um, and one other resource we have is assessmymarketing.com assessmymarketing.com. And that is if you do have a business and you want to have an agency review what you're doing, we have this free no obligation assessment. And, and my team actually goes in and looks at your business where you're at and then makes rec- recommendations of what you should do, look at doing next based on our experience of doing this on a day-to-day basis. Awesome. Great resources. Once again, we'll have all those links in the show notes. Derek, thanks so much for being on the show. It's been fantastic. I am my pleasure. Thank you again. And I I really love what you're doing and keep your message up. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, thank you all for listening to Derek and I and taking us on your journey. It's been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 